2: It's time to wake up with a nice cup of Morning Roast featuring the real finest, Monte Hill, <laughs> The
1: pride of the excelsior, Joe Butcher, Boy Shasky. You're listening to 95 The Game The Morning Roast. <laughs>
3: Chasing.
2: Purdy gets out of there. Looking deep back in the end zone. He's got Ayuk for the touchdown. A little Purdy improv to keep the play
1: alive and find his top target, Brandon Ayuk, for the score.
4: Adam Amin on the call there for Fox Sports. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is the morning roast. No, it's not Bonte Hill. It's not Joe Shasky. It's Joe Spadoni and Sam Loveman. Don't worry. There are people are probably waking up. It's a new year. Happy new year to all of you on a January 2nd now, 2024. Good morning to everyone just getting off work, getting ready for work, getting ready for school. It is the new year. Uh, Bonte and Shasky will return. I promise. I mean, this is the longest tease in the history of teases. I don't think
2: we need the original cat.
4: <laughs> Sam loves that drop. Uh, but they'll be back. Don't worry. Bonte living it up at the uh, Rose Bowl yesterday. Enjoying Michigan. Taking out the evil empire that is the University of Alabama in overtime to advance to their championship final. The first one since 98, but they didn't even play one, right? Because they just split it with Nebraska back then. uh, Back with Charles Woodson and co. And uh, you had Washington taking out Texas yesterday, Sam. Fun day of college sports. And uh, Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky, they'll be back we got one more together, buddy. You missed me over the holiday weekend? That oh, was a very good holiday weekend. Yeah, no, I'm starting to get used to
3: this. And I think, yeah, as Bruce and Concord said, uh, we might not need that original cast. Don't get too used to it. No, I'm we getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one last day here. I get, Definitely, are. I'll say this. Producing a show, doing a show, and then post-producing a show, that definitely wears on you. If I could just do one of them. Uh, that would be nice. So
4: jack yeah. of all trades, right there, and a master of all of them. Sam uh, Lubman, alongside me, he was at the Oakland Zoo yesterday, getting after it. Appreciate that little clip I saw on the, the Instagram story. Oakland Zoo, best zoo in the Bay, maybe the best zoo of all Elite time.
3: Zoo. I'll say this: It's been so long since I've been to the Oakland Zoo. Like I honestly, the last time. I went to the Oakland Zoo. I was maybe, like, seven years old, and it was for, like, a Cub Scout thing. Like, that's how Cub long Scouts, ago it was. Man. Like, the gondola wasn't even there. Like, I don't I don't know why it took me so long to get back to the Oakland it's Zoo, awesome. but my goodness, I, I need to go more regularly. Shout no. out Oakland Zoo. Definitely worth it. Uh, it's a great, great day trip there.
4: Absolutely. No, if you got family, it's easy to walk around and get through everything. Um, love the Oakland Zoo. It's very easily accessible for all, all families and stuff like that. SF Zoo, we love you, too. San Diego Zoo, we love you, but... I feel like Oakland Zoo is the cream of the crop there. Speaking of cream of the crop, in the NFC, it's San Francisco 49ers. They nice clinch. Thank you. They they clinch the number 1 seed in the NFC. And how they didn't, this next game against the Rams, you're going to see a lot of resting, a lot of relaxation, and they deserve it. They've been the best team in the NFC all season long. They had a little 3-game blip there. They got a little bit of slice of humble pie on Christmas against the Baltimore Ravens who That's all they've been doing right now, uh, handing out slices of pumpkin, apple, and humble pie. The latest recipient of that being Tua Tungavailoa. Yikes, Miami Dolphins, and they got a huge matchup against the Buffalo Bills this week. A lot of football on the platter today in this new year, and we want to hear from you. 888-957-9570, that's the number. Good morning to all of you on Twitch and YouTube. And as you know, that's powered by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple online application process. Good morning to all of you on there. We are live and streaming all day long right here on 95.7 The Game. You're home for Golden State Warriors basketball who are back in action tonight against the Paolo Banquero-led Orlando Magic. 19-13, by the way. Don't sleep on Orlando and right now. The, Warriors can't sleep on anyone. They're 15-17. and 17. They're reeling after a tough loss against the Luka Doncic-led Kyrie Irving-less Dallas Mavericks team over the weekend. So we'll have all that coverage starting at 6 o'clock right here on 95.7 7th Game with Warriors Live leading up to tip-off at 7. And the great Tim Roy will be on the call. But it's a lot of Niners here today. This was the goal all season long, Niners fans. Getting the number 1 seed. Getting that first round by. And we're seeing how big that's going to be heading into these playoffs. Because Christian McCaffrey has a calf strain. Ambry Thomas, broken hand. Eric Armstead, still not playing. Not going to play this week. He'll be more rested and hopefully ready to go. Because they need him desperately. For as much as this was a shellacking in the second half, Sam Howell, the Commanders, uh, Ron Rivera, Biennemi, everyone there. They were in this game for probably a lot longer than most Niner fans wanted to admit. Uh, they were running the ball down their throat. They were hitting passes. Lenore was getting cooked. Thomas, at times, was getting cooked. They got talent over there. I'm not saying they don't have any. Just not a lot in comparison to teams like the Niners, teams like the Ravens in Washington. But they were hanging around, hanging around. But the Niners ultimately did what good teams do. They put them away 27-10. to 10. And more importantly, Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy again. I mean, that was it, right, Sam? If anything you take out of this game, and clinching the number 1 sees obviously, but your quarterback, your young quarterback, the guy that was an MVP candidate just a few weeks ago before having the worst game of his career on Monday night on Christmas against the Baltimore Ravens, he looked to be back in control.
3: No, I think that was probably, yeah, that's definitely one of the big uh, takeaways there. The other one... Is I mean, yeah, Chris McCaffrey a little banged up there with the calf. I obviously mentioned Ambry Thomas's hand. But Eric Armstead— McCaffrey? McCaffrey, injury? yeah. That's no, a good one there. Um, He's never heard that in his you life. You know, Eric Armstead, again, dealing with the foot and knee injuries. Uh, they're continuing to rest him. They expect him to be ready soon. Again, are the 49ers fully healthy uh, here at the end of the year? No, but when you look around the league at some of the other teams and the health issues that they're dealing with right now, the 49ers are still sitting pretty. And, yeah, I would say this for the 49ers and, this, and the way the season's gone— it's been a very successful regular season. You got through the season, you got the one seed like expected, you don't have to go on the road anymore, and you did it early enough to where you get to take the last week of the season off, basically, and you did all of it while maintaining a good level of health. Again, like I said, McCaffrey, Thomas, Armstead, those are concerning injuries, but for the most part, it sounds like all three of those guys will be ready to go come you know Divisional Weekend in a couple weeks. You know, if you're the 49ers, this is about as good of a regular season as you could have really asked for. And it's at a situation now. It's like, all right, you got, you know, goal one accomplished. Win the regular season, get that one seed, get that bye week. All right, there we go. The the, the the pressure, I think, kind of ramps up a little bit now for the 49ers because the excuses are starting to dwindle now. You don't have to go on the road anymore. You don't have guys as banged up anymore. Uh, the guys who are banged up, they will be ready to go. And this is what you live for, for the 49ers. This is what you live for if you're a 49ers fan. This is what you want. This is the most ideal situation I think you could have possibly ha- asked for. And that's, that's, the big, that's my big takeaway for the weekend is that, all right, Mission one, accomplished. Now on to mission two, which is operation. Let's go to Las Vegas and two wins.
4: There you go. That's Sam Lubman alongside Joe Spadoni here on the Morning Roast. 888-957-9570. How confident are you in this 49ers squad after they clinched the number one overall seed in the NFC? They're chilling in the last week, and boy, do they need it again. Christian McCaffrey has a calf Strain, Eric Armstead. We'll see what's going on with the foot, the uh, plantar fasciitis. Nothing to snuff at. We obviously attribute a lot of that to a basketball injury with all the big men, big feet. The big. Uh, I remember Pal Gasol struggled with that throughout his career. The plantar fascia and the tears in it, especially with these big guys. And Eric Armstead is no little human being. Quite large and a lot of weight on there on that foot. So get him rested up, and they desperately need him again in that running game because Kinlaw in his absence, eh, not that great. It's Hargrave has been,
3: been pretty bad in the middle.
4: Hargrave has been is doesn't he's he's very good. I would say um, defending the run is not his strong suit. Uh, when he has the one two tandem with Armstead, it's very good. But that is a noticeable gap um, in this squad. And by the way, it took the it took the over right? on the Chase Young sacks. We took that right. Didn't he, he got a sack right. Am I tripping? I know he got a tackle for loss. Pretty sure he got a sack in there. Maybe if he didn't, eh, don't quote me on that. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. But Watching that game, more importantly for me, was Brock Purdy just not having any turnovers, looking complete in control, and that game against the Ravens looks like a one off. Like that, for me, I need my young quarterback to be in the right mental space heading in to the playoffs. I don't care about the rest versus rest, and we'll get into that because it's gonna obviously dominate the conversation now. God, how many weeks do we have with basically meaningless football for the Fournals? Three weeks now.
3: Two weeks, basically, yeah. Then we're getting ready for the divisional. And then round. we're
4: getting ready for the divisional round. Who are they going to play there? We shall see. Could it be the Rams that you're facing this week? Rams still have something to play for, but I don't know how much they're going to be invested in this game. I mean, who they're they're cherry picking against? Basically, I think they're locked in the, with
3: the six seed now. Are they, is it totally? Yeah the the NF, the second place in the NFC East is going to get the five seed, and I think they they own the tiebreaker over Seattle. Is it
4: locked in that they're playing the Lions yet? because that's what I, I think, think that's what it's so going to be. So right? the only
3: let me if I pull up the standings here let's see. So Green Bay currently holds the 7th seed. Uh game behind lot uh, game behind the Rams. Uh, looks like, yeah, basically, actually, yeah, the Rams might need to win because depending on conference record or strength of victory...
4: Yeah, the strength of victory is always a weird one because that doesn't end until the last game of the season and then you get to pile up all
3: the stuff. Right now, the Rams have a better conference record, but the Packers have a better strength of victory record. Mm. If the Packers win this weekend against the Bears, which maybe not that... You know, which it's it's not a given. Bears been playing pretty well the last few yeah, weeks. They have been. Uh, if they are tied, then yeah, they would have the same conference record. And if it goes to strength of victory, then I think that would favor the Packers. So yeah, Rams they they do have a little something to play for then in that sense because yeah, you do not want to fall into that two seed and have to go to either Philly or Dallas in in the first round.
4: No, but the Rams are one of the hottest teams in football. They hang on against the uh, downtrodden Tyrod Taylor led uh, New York Giants over the weekend. Just a tremendous weekend of football. And if you're the 49ers, you're the king of it right now. Well, outside of the Baltimore Ravens, who again destroyed the Miami Dolphins. Are they potentially on a collision course here to the Super Bowl? Because I'm looking at this this conference in the NFC, Sam. I just... You said there's a lot of pressure on the Niners, and I I understand that to a degree. But I'm so damn confident in this team. I I just... them mm-hmm, getting definitely. the one seed, the rest versus the rust factor, like if, if that would matter. I feel like if you were Detroit Lions, if they were the uh, if they were the one seed, and by the way, the Detroit Lions again talking about a banner weekend for the sport of football, Lions got hosed on Saturday night against the Dallas Cowboys, absolutely screwed out of a win. Now. That shouldn't even come to fruition. That entire sequence because Mike McCarthy's an idiot and doesn't know how to, uh, you know, milk clock. His clock management skills are some of the worst I've seen outside of maybe Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's ah, obviously. Ah, thank you, yeah, that, thank you, Mike McDaniel. I love that drop. Um, Speaking but, of Mike McDaniel, but it's man. but it's just it's come on, Mike McCarthy. Like that is why I have so much damn confidence in this Niners team because you saw the arrogance factor. I shouldn't say arrogance, but I saw the, you know, the uncontrolled fury, if you will. I know Dan Campbell spoke to the media yesterday. So he had a controlled fury after being upset about the lineman. Did he or did he not report as eligible? All that sort of stuff. If you didn't watch the game over the weekend, Lions had multiple cracks at trying to win the game, going for the two-point conversion. They didn't get it. They got a little too aggressive there, I thought. Probably should have just played for overtime. They didn't do that. They ended up losing the game. Uh, very controversial. Uh, but that took them out of the running for the one seed, obviously. And that was the day before the Niners ended up getting the win. And then finally, and I know we're going to hear a lot from a lot of callers today, 888 the Arizona freaking Cardinals getting it done over Nick Sirianni. Jonathan Gannon, revenge game, coming over to Philly. And honestly, I don't think the final score really did it justice. Arizona kicked their ass. They really did. There was some some bad turnovers there that really made the Philly uh, Philly in that game the Eagles that is, but Kyler Murray he was balling. That defense was humming. James Conner running it down their throat, and Philly now traveling potentially traveling in the first round round after that much ballyhooed
3: NFC title game rematch that we've been waiting for. Spinelli, we might not even get it. No, like. This whole year has been about Operation One Seed. Operation. Let's have the Eagles come out here so we can have their fans have to walk through the parking lot to get to the stadium. And yeah, we might not even get that because the Eagles. I mean, they're gonna probably have to go on the on the road for the first round to uh, whichever garbage heap comes out of the NFC South. They'll probably win that.
4: Baker Mayfield and. But-
3: I don't. We'll see. It depends what happens the first. I mean, it could get in the divisional round too. I guess so. It's it's still actually on the table a potential
4: Eagles uh, Niners rematch. But I wouldn't bet on it. I think the Eagles are going to be one and done. They're they're they look. I don't know
3: if they have to go to Tampa, yeah. I, I think they could beat Tampa. They could the
4: probably way. beat Tampa. Tampa but I, or New Orleans or again
3: whichever you know slop heap comes out. The entire NFC South could put together an all star team in that division. I still would take the Eagles probably over that team. Well, so. we'll see.
4: We've seen the the that that whole narrative get shot in the past here. Obviously the Bucks did it last year against the Cowboys. They weren't very good. They lost. But we can go back to the Beast Quake and the Seahawks taking on the defending champion New Orleans Saints. Crazy things happen. No, no, no
3: absolutely saying. true. And if it does, oh, it would be one of the crazier things to happen if the Eagles did get bounced in the first round by the NFC. What it, see, South that's team. what
4: I'm saying. Would it be that crazy? Did, I think they it stink would. It's right now. The well, Eagles no, they stink. do. You no, know, it
3: would be crazy. And just how the expectations for them coming into this yeah. season. You guys, yeah, they lost the Super Bowl. They think they're the big bads of the NFC. It's all about this Niners-Eagles rematch. You know who can? You know, it, and then it ends with them getting meekly kicked out of the playoffs in the first round at Tampa, like. After all the expectations that were on this on the Eagles coming into the season, all the smack talk they, they were willing to do, and then it ends like that. They don't even get they're not even good enough to make the rematch happen. See, in the that ma- would be that would be wild. It would be a massive disappointment on their uh, it'd end be as be well.
4: disappointing, but this is a Super Bowl hangover type of year. This is what happens with Super Bowl teams, whether you win it, whether you lose it. All your coaches get poached and you suffer because of it. We're seeing that with Nick Sirianni now. Doesn't have Shane Steichen, who got a massive win against Antonio Pierce. Thank you. Uh, got a massive win against Antonio Pierce and the Las Vegas Raiders. They're in prime position. That's now a win-and-get-in scenario against CJ Stroud and the Texans. That's going to be very fun. I think that's an ESPN game primetime. Uh, Colts... Texans this week in Indianapolis Cannot wait for that one Cardner Minshew Magic Again man just finding a way to win And uh, eliminating the Raiders over the weekend But Shane Steichen doing a hell of a job He'd probably be up for coach of the year If not for Kevin Stefanski and what he's doing with Cleveland And then you got Jonathan Gannon And say what you will about the Cardinals I think a lot of people thought they were easily going to be far and away The worst team in the league this year um, And the record wise they're 4-12 and they are They're tied with the Commanders One of the worst in the NFC but if you just watch him play week in a week out, they're they're showing something. They're showing something going forward there. And Kyler Murray, I wouldn't uh, close the door on him being done out there in uh, Arizona just yet. I thought he played well against Philadelphia as well. So you're seeing it uh, with the Super Bowl team. You're seeing it with the Chiefs. To be quite honest, the Chiefs were struggling against the Jake Browning led Cincinnati Bengals. Their defense
3: head. won them that game. No, they
4: did. Like, There's, that was not
3: like Patrick Mahomes, again, has come to the point I, where, like, every time he throws the ball, it's you're you're clenching your butt cheeks you I see don't know what's going to happen. Did I see there. it's
4: an NFL record for most drops for wide receivers in, in a game. I think we had 26 was the it's number I saw. Something
3: ridiculous. It's like it's comical at this point. It's, it's, it's like unbelievable. you have to try to drop those many passes. And yeah, the Chiefs, they absolutely got bailed out by their defense in that game because the, Brown- the Bengals really just could not get anything going in the fourth quarter, so don't forget Kansas City they got a defense there too, it's not just Patrick Mahomes. No,
4: but but for the longest time you felt like if you just had Patrick Mahomes you had a chance, and while that may be true, Travis Kelsey I mean he's is he just getting old now? Is this is, is this like uh or is it just no talent else around him, so everyone's just hammering in on Travis Kelsey, or is it the Taylor Swift curse? I think, I think, that's, to shake it off. I think that's what it is. You gotta shake it off. It's been a cruel, not summer, but a cruel winter for that's a good one. Travis Kelsey. That's a three. Eight, thank you. Eight eight eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Uh we have Adam Amin on at eight thirty. Can't wait to talk to Adam. He was obviously calling the game alongside Mark Schlereth, uh, three time Super Bowl Champion with Fox Sports as well. He's calling the game for uh them and we got him at 8 30. And he also can talk a little basketball a little bit because he calls games on the television side for the Chicago Bulls. Might a trade be on the horizon for Golden State? Trade deadline about a month away now. It's <sighs> not pretty. The interesting Golden, trading the the Golden State Warriors, I, 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 they're at a, I, I was, we were talking to Slater last week, Sam. They're at a fork in the road right now for me, and I understand that doesn't really come to fruition until the trade deadline. But there's going to be some hard truths cutting both ways when it comes to the players and organization. Shout out Stan and the house, Baratheon, the one true king. Hard truths cut both ways. I believe that to be the case with the Warriors in the next coming months because they have a massive stretch coming up here. First against the uh, Orlando Magic tonight, obviously, 7 o'clock right here, 95-7 in the game, and then against the Nuggets. And then the red-hot Detroit Pistons, Sammy. How about those Pistons? We definitely got to talk about the through.
3: end of that Pistons game at some point in this it's show. Huge,
4: Huge. Oh, we got a break? Okay, there we go. We got a break. Hey, keeping me honest. I appreciate that. Uh, It is a Warriors game day, as I just mentioned, brought to you by Xfinity. The Xfinity 10G network made for streaming live sports. We love some Xfinity. We love your participation at 888-957-9570. How confident are you in this 49ers squad to reach the Super Bowl? Are you kicking your feet up? How was your New Year? Happy New Year to all of you lovely people. Just getting off work, getting ready for school, getting ready for the new year hope all your resolutions come true this year i know it's hard just stick with it hey what is it after two weeks it starts to become a habit that's what they say just stick with it hey trust the process if you will shout out sam hinke he was built for new year's resolutions 888-957-9570 shout out to youtube and twitch we streaming there as well powered by first norcal credit union it's spadoni it's lubman and it's you right here on the morning roast 95.7 the game <laughs>
1: That one perfect coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at 250 dollars Plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beauty Rest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. Acquired. See store for details.
2: with Bonte and Shasky.
4: Spadoni and Lubman in for Bonte and Shasky here on the Morning Roast. Happy New Year to all you beautiful people just waking up. It's getting ready for work, school, new semester, whatever. We had the college football playoffs yesterday. Michigan getting it done over Alabama. The evil empire, some say. I was always a Nick Saban guy. It was fun to watch Sam Loveman, my uh, co-host today. Not the biggest fan. The man is the devil. There you go. I understand it. I just you know he's built a powerhouse over there. They've been probably the best team in my lifetime. Uh, just the standard of excellence that they have set during his tenure over there. It's just unmatched. Um, and I think a lot of us thought that they were going to roll yesterday. Just you know, not anything about Michigan. Well, I shouldn't say that. Alabama. It's a little tenure. bit about Michigan. It's a little bit about Michigan because of what they've done in, in big games under Jim Harbaugh. That is wet the bed. And the very first pass yesterday, J.J. McCarthy throws, was a pick, gets saved because the player was out of bounds, didn't reestablish himself, and he thought, oh boy, here we go again. Then they got the muff punt, 7-0. It's like, okay, they're going to roll. They get back into it, and th- their defensive line just manhandled Alabama's offensive line, and Jalen Milrow uh, just you know, wasn't comfortable all day long They get the lead there in the fourth, and you thought maybe they're going to pull away. Michigan has a gritty drive there to tie it late. Overtime, they get the job done, and now they take on Washington, who took out Texas yesterday in the Sugar Bowl there. Big... Panix energy. They looked Sam. legit in that game. That
3: was a great game actually. I mean, they got I they missed got the NFL comeback because I had to go won. to bed. Yeah. Um Night-night. you know they they go up they're up the uh, 34-28 then they get the score up 37-28. I'm like, eh, Washington's, over. "Yeah, Washington's got this, right?" Turn the TV off. I heard my phone go off with the ESPN notification like up oh, there. It is Washington won. I woke up the next morning as I'm driving in, it's just like I'm hearing on the radio it's like, "Yeah, Washington staves off the comeback from Texas." I'm like, "What?" I go and rewatch that last drive. Man, they Texas man, they had a legitimate chance to win that we, That would have been one of the most incredible finishes to a college football game ever if Texas had pulled that off.
4: I mean, I'm just going through. We can talk NFL and college. Like Mario Cristobal, he's Mike McCarthy. Uh, what was this guy my Kalen DeBoer, head coach for Washington, just take a knee. Like, what are we doing? Why are we getting cute here? Why are we running the ball? Why are we risking injury? Just it, uh, it infuriates me. Just the basic. Twelve-year-olds that play Madden are sometimes better than these guys when it comes to
3: got stuff those stats, situations.
4: Like, I just it, it's d- not in these situations. Not when it's everything's on the line. You do not have to stuff the stat sheet. Like even Mario Cristobal going back to that Miami game. Who are they playing there, Sam? You, you know the team they were playing. Oh yeah, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. No, thank bad, you. As bad as it
3: got. Yeah, just, hey, uh, he learned his lesson. He took a knee against Boston College, so he
4: figured it out. By the way, the ACC taking nothing but L's over the college football weekend. Tough scene. I mean, what was that? 60 to 3, something ridiculous from Georgia? Well, yeah. Oh, Congratulations,
3: my. Georgia. Oh, your your, your first God. stringers are better than Florida State's second and third stringers. Congratulations. SEC, it means more. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean squat. You beat a practice squad, all right? Don't act like you won, you, not, you won anything, Georgia. Not act you like slept walked through, walk through, walk through this entire season. They slept walked through this entire season, and then they got to play Florida State's practice squad Stop. in the Orange Bowl, and they're like they want something this college bull season was a joke Spadoni. like those two playoff games yeah they were good the rest of this college bull season was an absolute joke why should i watch these games when the players are sitting out of them oh cool george's players showed up that's great congratulations they were playing for nothing basically like Stop. the entire bull season has become absolutely meaningless because kids don't want to suit up and play like i get that i get the, like why the kids don't want to suit up and play and all that stuff but it's completely exposed the absolute nonsense that is what, what used to be one of the great times of the sports year, which is the college football bowl season. It has just become an absolute joke now. Like, how many of these bowl games outside of the college football playoff games were actually worth watching? Like, did you catch any of the what, the, the peach bowl on uh, Saturday night? Well, I don't night? care or, about any of these bowls. Exactly, the no one cares bowls. about I've them. I've never cared they about, used about them, to, to the People used to care. People I used to enjoy I them because yeah. it was at least enjoy a fun, enjoyable yeah. way to watch football at the end of the year. And now it's just like... You know I'm listening. You know, the, 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 these broadcasted one of the games are trying like, "Oh, you're seeing the, the great stars of tomorrow." No, I'm not. I'm seeing a bunch of backups who don't know the playbook. And I'm watching sloppy football, and then there's that one team that decides to try and blows that team out of the water. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just it's not fun to watch anymore. It's
4: more so that game Georgia, I think, being more deserving to be in the top 4 more than anything else. That's what that game showed me. Uh 888-957-957-0 is the number to call or text. You can call on your Thoughts on the college football, the bowl season, if you'd like. But it's a lot of 49ers today as they get the number 1 seed. They got that locked up. They're chilling right now. They're the class of the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles wetting the bed against Kyler Murray, Jonathan Gannon, and the Arizona Cardinals. They just took it from them. They did. The Arizona Cardinals were that, that older brother. I was with the little brother. He got the warm bowl of water right there beside the bed. Putting his hand in it. Putting Nick Sirianni's hand in in the water, and they wet the bed. That's what they've done. Ever since the 49ers went into Philadelphia and kicked their asses, Sirianni and Kel have just wet the bed. And it's enjoyable if you're a Niners fan. They're in shambles over at 94WIP, by the way. Our sister station, Odyssey app, all that. They're in shambles. Apparently they're having poll questions about whether or not they should fire Nick Sirianni. And by the way, they have the head coach on their show today. Oh my god, it's just peak. So you're going to have a poll question. (laughs) Should we fire this guy? Coming up next, Nick Sirianni. (laughs) It's just great. Uh, That's great. So you're, you're feeling good, 49ers fans. Why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you? I understand. The loss against the Ravens was a little bit humbling. You get back on track, though. And the next time, you know, you see the Ravens would be in the Super Bowl. And you feel pretty good about your chances if you make it all the way there. And right now, you know, I watched these games all weekend long. A lot of bad head coaches. A lot of questionable decisions. And Dan Campbell, he's been pushing a lot of right buttons for that organization. Um, But even he gets in over his head. The decision to keep going for it for two. When it didn't work, yeah, it was was botched. You may have gotten screwed there with the uh, reporting eligible and not getting called to flag all that. But I look at Mike McCarthy, who should have iced that game earlier. Look at Nick Sirianni. the hell is he doing over there in Philadelphia? Kyle Shanahan is far and away the best coach right now in the NFC. Now, there's only one other guy that I'd even put close to him. And it's a team they're playing this week, and we'll see what they're playing for. We already laid out the scenarios. The Rams obviously playing for seeding at this point, so they may suit up their starters. We'll see. Um... I wouldn't expect a lot from Brock Purdy and Co. Hell, if they even play him, probably for a little bit, maybe a series here or there. Um, Treat like a preseason game. Yeah, probably. You just want him to get, you know, just get some reps. But even then, like, what's what's the good of that if you're going to have two weeks off, anyways? So I'm not sure how Kyle Shanahan Co is going to play it this week. Um, But I just look at Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. That's the one team that I wouldn't say scares me, Sam. But I'm definitely taking tabs on them this week. They're skill position players. They have Aaron Donald on the defensive side. Raheem Morris got a very young defense, but they're playing fast. They're playing loose. They're hungry. Nakua, Cup, Williams, Stafford playing like an all-pro. That's the one team that if they face me in the NFC, that could be a dogfight. Because they know you in and out. And on the biggest stage, when these teams and these head coaches have played, McVay has the 1-0 advantage over you. I know you've dominated them in the regular season, but I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Now, you may not play them at all. You know, the the Rams may go to Detroit, may go somewhere. Losing the opening round, you don't have to deal with them. And then it's all um, much ado about nothing, because you've got the Cowboys, Lions, Bucks, Eagles. I think you own all those teams. The one team that gives me slight pause would be the Los Angeles Rams. Brian Baldinger thinks so. Uh, We had Rob Stats guerrera He thinks so. Uh what's say Joe in Phoenix who wants to join in the conversation. Uh Joe, what's going on, man? You're on the morning roads with Spadoni and Lubman. Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, you know, happy new year, buddy. It's going pretty good, Joe.
1: Oh. Man. You know, just living the dream, man. Number one seed. N F C. Let's get it.
4: Cool. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate the call. Good call. Dynamite drop in. Eight eighty eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. If you'd like to uh You know, follow up on Joe and Phoenix there. Just hey, chilling. I think that's the mindset though. Living the dream. Living on something else there, out in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, you know, I'm not mad at it. Uh, they're the only place hey, it's like Tuesday at 6 40 in the morning, man. That's time to be living. I was gonna say they don't have daylight savings over in Arizona, right? Are they I don't like the think only, they yeah, do. Yeah, the so it's it's that probably down. like
3: 3 14 in the afternoon there. Or yeah, something whatever. That. Yeah, I don't even know how that That's works. That's not how time. Shout out time,
4: work. shout out sons. I don't know. Whatever. It's all
3: a social construct. There you go. None of it exists. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's crazy. Philosopher. <laughs> my, my
4: brother always used <laughs> to say that. time's just a construct of man. It doesn't really exist. It's like all right. A couple Ray, Ray relax. Here. You took one class in like a Monterey Peninsula College of philosophy. Chill. Uh what's coming up on the game? is sponsored by Fremont Bank Full Service. Service banking, no compromises. 888-957-9570. How confident are you in this 49ers squad heading forward? Are you concerned a little bit about the rest-first-rust factor? We'll hear from Kyle Shanahan, his thoughts. He spoke to the media uh, yesterday in his weekly conference call. Obviously gave us an update on Christian McCaffrey. How's his calf strain going? Something to monitor there? Health is the name of the game for the 49ers. If they can stay healthy and get healthy... During this three week stretch here, I think that would play uh play, I should say, massive, massive dividends going forward for this squad. What say you? 888 957 We got Adam Amin coming up at 830. Fox Sports also covers uh the Chicago Bulls is the television play play-by-play, by play uh play-by-place voice for them for NBC Chicago. So we'll get into a little Warriors there. Warriors taking on the Orlando Magic tonight at seven o'clock. Right here on 95.7 The Game, your home for Golden State Warriors basketball. On the other side, more of your phone calls, more of your text. Hit us up on Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Right here on The Morning Roast, Spadoni and in 95.7 The Game.
2: Listen a dream, man. Now, back to The Morning Roast with Fonte and Shasky.
4: Pedonian and Lubman in for Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. They'll be back. Both back tomorrow, Sam? Thumbs up? They'll be both back tomorrow. I think that's the plan. Papa. New Papa Shasky. New dad. She'll have some stories. Bonte will have some stories. He got to watch Nick Saban v. Jim Harbaugh. Bama, Michigan. Two of the most storied, if not the most storied, uh, I almost said franchises, kind of what they are. Uh, schools, programs, programs. Thank you. Uh, when it comes to uh, college football, and uh, that that venue, man, just watching the college football yesterday, just the sun setting. It's just the mountains in the background. It's just it is picturesque when you watch that in the Rose Bowl. You can think about all the Super Bowls that were there, um, the college football champion, just everything. It's just so picturesque. That is football. The Rose Bowl. Like that that and then for it to go to overtime, you just couldn't ask for anything more. And then and then Washington almost spitting the bib against uh Texas, Sarkeesian, his revenge game going up against his former team. Uh, just so much great football action this weekend. And the Niners at the top of it taking out the Washington Commanders, wrapping up that one seed, courtesy of Jonathan Gannon, the Arizona Cardinals, taking out Nick Sirianni. And again, if you're just joining us. 94 WIP (laughs) They have the head coach Nick Sirianni 94 WIP by the way Out of Philadelphia Our sister station over there We've had many back and forth If you're just joining us They're having the head coach on today Nick Sirianni And I guess their poll question of the day Is whether or not they should fire Nick Sirianni (laughs) 88-957-9570 Should the Warriors fire Steve Kerr By the way the Willard Dibs, they'll have that coach on uh, at five o'clock. Now, come on, yeah, so can you, you imagine
3: that? I just well, first, I like, <laughs> don't ever imagine? complain about Bay Area media ever again. <laughs> anyone in Bay Area sports, you will never get it that bad out here. That is just next
4: level. Well, some people want us to get out there. Some people do want us to get that bad. I don't Where's know, maybe areas of the world. I mean, I'm like, glad you know we what? don't need
3: to be that. I don't know, maybe we should. Maybe there's some teams that definitely need to get cooked that hard. Shout out to San Francisco Giants, but. Again, that's during baseball season, but that is just next level savagery. Saying, "Should we fire our coach?" By the way, that very coach that we're asking about firing is coming on next. Like that is just next level, just hardcoreness out there in Philadelphia. You really man. hate to see when it. they say Philly's different. That's what they mean. If the, the whole acting like you know ingrates in the parking lot. That that's totally different. But the way they grill their sports figures out there, that is,
4: woo, buddy. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Golden I like that, ooh buddy. This segment is sponsored by Golden State Lumber. Uh, serving the Bay Area for three generations. When you succeed, we succeed. Visit GoldenStateLumber.com. Adam Amin, 830. I was calling the game with Mark Slurish. Uh Slarish. Ooh, sl- Slurish. right here for me. Uh, Mark Schlareth uh, on Fox Sports. And uh, Adam Amin obviously does television play-by-play for the Chicago Bulls, so maybe you will sneak in a, a Warriors-Bulls trade potential uh, question there. Zach Levine obviously been trade bait. Alex Crusoe, what's going on there? But more importantly, Brock Purdy. I mean, he's the story right now for the 49ers. The 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy is going to have to look like he did against Washington. Do this amazing improv, you know, the scramble to Brandon Ayuk. That was Brock Purdy. That was vintage Purdy. And what we saw against the Baltimore Ravens was not vintage Brock Purdy. That was a guy we hadn't seen all year long since he's come up. We, we we didn't... I mean, that many interceptions? Like, what? And then for him to have a clean game against a bad... And when I say bad, I mean horrible Washington Commanders, not only team, but franchise given the last, what, 20-plus years, just all the history of Kyle Shanahan was standing with his dad, Mike, for them to go in there, handle their business, and wrap up the number 1 seed in the way they did, I don't think there's anything outside of injuries to really be concerned about if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan. But that's why getting the 1 seed is so damn important. The injury factor. I mean, McCaffrey getting the, the, the calf strain, Armstead, his foot, Embry Thomas breaking his hand, uh, just to get your mind and body right. And for maybe a lot of teams, the rust factor would be there. Maybe it will be for the Niners. We'll see. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Having all this time off before they play a meaningful playoff game. Because of the, the the wounds they have in the past. They've been here and done that. They've gotten to the Super Bowl. They've gotten there. Haven't climbed the mountaintop fully. But they've gotten close to that peak They've fallen off a couple times, but they know what it takes to get there. And when they have that many veterans in that room, hell, your young quarterback has also already been there. Now, he got injured in that NFC Championship, but he won two playoff games. So I don't have any reservations when it comes to him either. So they're checking all the boxes for a confidence level for me, if I'm a fan, heading into the playoffs, Sammy.
3: Yeah, No. again, we remember... The The panic that was around Brock pretty last week, it was very palpable, understandably so, because again, that was the kind of competition you're going to see at the Super Bowl level if you want to win it all, so you have to be able to win those games. and So I can understand the trepidation around that Niners fans had when you see a game like that. It's like, you you could beat the Washingtons and the New York Giantses and the Arizona Cardinals of, of, the, of the world all the live long day, and those are always fun teams to beat. But when you do beat those big boy teams, that that really kind of beefs up the confidence a little bit. That said, though, we looked at that game last week as like a learning experience for Brock Purdy because he hasn't really had the, that those many that many games where he basically got his ass kicked and had to learn from it. He hasn't had that many you know mistake filled games that you have to build on there. It's so that was a kind of a, an important step for Brock Purdy, not just so much to have that game, but to kind of build on that. Uh, we had Baldy on last week, kind of asking, you know, what, what do you take away from that game? You know, what is your, what did we learn, kids? Moment here, uh, and for those who don't remember, that is, this is what Baldy had to say on that.
2: I would say that just be more aware. You know, first, in, like the first two interceptions are both first and ten plays. You don't have to make that play, even if Brandon Stevens is coming off the slot. And coming right at you, you don't have to make that throw to Debo. You can throw that ball into the ground. Um, You can you can take a sack. You can on the first interception to Kyle uh, Hamilton. I mean, you can you can check it down to McCaffrey for a yard. There's there's other places to go where you don't have to be. It's it's too early in the game. It's first down. There's too many other plays that can be made that maybe you don't have to just stay on script.
3: And watching that game on Sunday, Spadoni, that was the kind of the big thing I was looking for with Brock, is when he gets into these, like, sticky situations, what does he do to try and get out of them? And really, there was only a couple plays I saw that were like, you know what, maybe you could have done something a little bit different there. Uh, there was the first drive of the game. They had 3rd and 11 on the 20. He scrambles to his right... Breaks the ankles of Washington's defensive tackle. I forget who that was. I don't know if you remember that play. Dude just goes slipping and sliding all over the field like it was the end of that game in 2019. Completely breaks his ankles. Pretty cool play, but... No one was really open downfield, and it looked like you could tell Brock was trying to force the ball again. And I'm watching this play; he throws it away. It almost got picked. He's trying to yeah, connect with McCaffrey right. around yeah. like the ten or uh, or the eight and, uh, yard line. Almost got picked there. Luckily, the ball was out of bounds. It wouldn't have been a pick if he, I mean, the guy did catch it.
4: Doing his best JJ McCarthy impression.
3: Exactly. And and watching that play happen, I'm just like, of course, they have to settle for the field goal there. That was like a hmm. I don't know, Brock. That that's one of those do less plays and. You know, I I love the aggression that he's always had, but that was one of those moments where it's like, dude, you could just throw the ball away there. Like we get, like, good job on Washington executing there on defense. Just throw the ball away. Don't try and force it there because if that ball had gotten picked, then it's like playing the, oh, you know, here we go again game, and that wouldn't have been fun. Luckily, again, that did not happen. So that was really the only bad throw I saw from Brock all game where it was just like, dude, what are you doing there? So as far as lesson learned, not forcing it as much – I think Washington didn't really give him as many opportunities to where he would have to force things more than he had to. Uh, Overall, though, very solid game for Brock. 230 yards, uh, 22 of 28 passing, has a 124.7 rating, no interceptions. So the stat sheet looks very good. Didn't get sacked. Didn't get sacked at all. Good job on the O-line there. Uh, Again, having the fully healthy offensive line certainly helped instead of, you know, Three fifths of your starting offensive line out—that uh, is always going to Trent help.
4: Williams matters. Yes,
3: yes. Trent Williams definitely have matters. Uh, a healthy Feliciano and Brandel definitely matter. Colt McKivitt's not getting blown up. That certainly matters. Uh, Aaron Banks didn't suck. He's not sucked for most of the year. So
4: I mean, outside of uh, outside of who Jonathan Allen on that defensive front for Washington, I couldn't name a single person. No. Like, like, so, so they handled their business. There. The best, the best pass
3: rusher the Commanders had was playing for the Niners exactly. yesterday on, on Sundays. Almost yesterday. That being Chase Young. And, yeah.
4: and and the one thing that you, I said, you know, don't be concerned because it was a pretty much dominant performance in that second half, but only get one sack against Sam Howell. I'm not going to say too concerning, but I would have liked to see Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and it was a tackle for a loss, a deep one. That was right before the half. I didn't, I couldn't remember if it was a sack or not. Um, but they only got the one sack, that was Cleve Furl. Um, <sighs> Where are you at with this defensive line? We'll get back into Pretty real quick. But this defensive line hanging in the playoffs, Sam, I feel like they should be better than they are. Eric Armstead, I think, matters a a tremendous part of this conversation because him being out, I feel like, has really highlighted not just Kinlaw, but Hargrave, uh, Bosa, Chase Young, where are you at with these guys heading in the playoffs? How important is this rest going to be for them? Because it feels like, and you look up, Nick Bosa's had, I don't want to say disappointing year, but coming off a DPOY season, you're expecting him to kind of replicate that. I mean, the guy's 10 and a half sacks. He's been having a hell of a year still. But it felt like I just, I felt like I wanted a little bit more so far. and Hopefully we get that in the playoffs because last year, I felt like, he was winding down. And maybe the depth now with Gregory, with Chase Young, and getting all this rest, you know, it's going to give them that edge that they desperately need heading to the playoffs. Because don't get it twisted. When it comes to playoff football, like we saw hell in the college ranks yesterday, it's about the trenches. Who dominates the offensive and defensive lines? We saw it dominate uh, last year against the Cowboys, right? But in that Eagles matchup, that Eagles O-line, and I know Brock Brady was hurt, they dominated the Niners' defensive line in that game. Dominated them, and vice versa.
3: No, Yeah, they're, they're absolutely missing Eric Armstead in the middle. Like It is incredible the difference that he makes, because he is the guy who gums up the opposing team's running game. And teams have been coming. Brian Robinson was eating everybody's lunch running up the middle on Sunday, which for most of the year you have not been seeing teams, you know, succeed running the ball up the middle the way that Arizona did, the way that Baltimore did, the way that Washington did. Eric Armstead's absence is absolutely being felt because I think it's, as you said, Javon Hargrave, he's not much of a run stopper. He is definitely much of a more of a bull pass rusher. And yeah, the the domino effect that Armstead's absence creates is very noticeable because when it's so much easier to run up the middle like that, it t- makes your edge rushers basically ineffective there because it's they're not going to be able to get there in time. So you, you keep establishing that middle run game, and that'll set up so many other things for the rest of your offense there. And yeah, Washington, especially in the first half, I mean, they were moving the ball pretty well. In the first half, they really made the Niners work a lot in the first half. I think we were very surprised that the game was tied at 10 going into halftime. Uh, Niners definitely, I think, left a couple drives out in the field. There was a drive towards the end of, of, of the first half where uh, Washington's defense a little bit buckled down, but the Niners offense really just could not punch the ball in there. But yeah, whatever they figured out in the second half, Washington didn't score. They pitched a shut shutout in the second half. So I think that might have just been, you know, Washington's just not very good. You knew that eventually the Niners were gonna outlast them. And yeah, lack of sacks. Again, they had the one sack we like to see more. There were some tackles for a loss there too. Uh both I thought had a pretty solid game, even though the final stat sheet will say he only had three tackles. But they're still getting pressure up front, as evident, by the fact that Howell still threw a couple interceptions there where he was under duress.
4: I mean, that was another part of this, and we're bearing the lead here, obviously. Uh, We thought Jacoby Perceva was going to be the guy. And then late, uh, what was it, Friday or Friday morning? I think it was like right after our show. Um, it was pretty late. In the it was process pretty late. And, and then it was oh, actually uh, tweaked hamstring for Jacoby Brissett. It's probably going to be Sam Howell. That changed everything. And uh, Sam Howell, as we know, likes to hold on to the football. He's prone to mistakes. Basically, his full uh, first full year of starting he had a couple starts last year. But this is usually what it looks like for a bad team, like in a, in a quarterback. Like so, so when we compare guys like Brock Purdy to his peers, that being a Sam Howell who was. A fifth round pick, but he was a highly uh, sought after He was leading the league in passing at
3: one point but, this year. But at
4: one point when he was at North Carolina, Sam Howell, he was looked at as like a number one overall pick. He's like that was the hype for him. Didn't translate, fell down. And you could see the talent there at times and it flashes, but the consistency factor just not there. Makes too many mistakes, uh, gets a little happy feet at times, holds on to the ball, and a uh, recipe for disaster in the NFL for sure, definitely against uh, Nick Bosa and Co. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and favorite 95.7 The Game for the best and most up-to-date sports coverage. And don't forget that you can also watch us every day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. Just log on and search 95.7 The Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. It's all brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto loan rates, and super simple online application process. Also, shout out the Comcast business text line.